Welcome. This is Dan Janelle from PR Leads. Welcome to our teleseminar. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, PR Leads, of course, uh, helps experts and authors get publicity through a variety of services, including our PR Leads service, which matches experts and authors and reporters and their requests for stories, and our press release service, which helps you get visibility and credibility with the major media and rank high on the search engines. So that's uh, our session uh, intro. I'd like to uh, start our official conference by welcoming Chad Barr, the president of CB Software Systems, as we talk about how to dominate the web, specifically how entrepreneurs can leverage the web to dramatically transform their businesses. And we're going to talk about a number of great things here on how Chad has helped people from Alan Weiss to many of his consultants and clients. So you're definitely in the right place. Chad has been there and done that. But first, a few words about Chad. Chad was born and raised in Israel, and he came to the United States at age 22, determined to capture the American dream. In 1991, that dream came true when Chad started his own company, CB Software Systems. Uh, he's attracted uh, clients from literally all over the world, including Italy, Germany, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the United States. Chad describes himself as an internet and business strategist and a mentor who successfully guides and helps his clients through the web to transform their businesses by combining technologies such as websites, blogs, newsletters, surveys, apps, social media tools, and other innovative platforms with effective strategy and tactics. Welcome, Chad. Great to be here on the call with you, Dan. Looking very forward to it. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the focus of your business? You know, who are your best clients, and what are the key challenges that you help them with? My business has transformed dramatically over the years. When I first started it, going back uh, 25 years ago, uh, the key essence of my business was developing software solutions. And I surrounded myself with a great team uh, of people that helped me write software solutions. At that time, uh, whether it's uh, the end of the 80s or beginning of the 90s, primarily for distribution, also distribution companies, nursing homes, and writing applications for those companies. And then the magic happened with the invention of the Internet. Uh, some may think it's Al Gore, but I know it's actually you and I, Dan, that have developed the Internet. Uh, but with the Internet, uh, the requests have started to pour in, going back probably 12, 13 years ago, by my clients. Can you help me get there? And the need and requests have started to transform the structure of my business. And today, the key focus is helping my clients to leverage every aspect of the Internet and technology to dramatically transform my business. So where we started years ago as a software development, which we still, of course, do a lot of it, the key essence, the key focus is on leveraging Internet and amazing technology and tools to create this kind of successes. And that also hints to what are some of the challenges that my clients are facing. And I would have to admit that those challenges, is how do I leverage the Internet? How do I get to the Internet? And once I get there, how do I use the power available for me through the Internet and technology to transform my own business? And not only is that the challenge, but that is the key essence of what I focus helping my clients. You mentioned people like, of course, Ellen Weiss, who we've been instrumental in working together for over a decade on transforming his strategy leveraging technology and the website 
to create the amazing successes for him. And I have to say, fortunately, for many of my clients as well. So that is some of the longer answer to your short question. Sure. You know, what are some of the key mistakes that people make with their websites? I would say that the key mistake that they jump, first of all, immediately into tactics rather than thinking strategy first. So my recommendation to all my clients before anything is done on the web, first of all, what is the strategy of your business? And that is where the discussion starts, to talk about the business, to talk about the essence of my client's business. Who is their target buyers? Who are they trying to attract? Is it local? Is it domestic? Is it global? Once those answers are given, and once we engage in a discussion, only then can we lay out the plan of how to leverage technology, technology and especially the internet to help their business grow. Uh, and then there's, there's a lot of resources available on my website that talk about many of the mistakes clients make. But if I, if, if I were to also add maybe two or three more to not looking at the strategy first, the site itself does not position themselves as credible. So I'm going to talk later on today about ideas of how to create credibility and things like that. Uh, but it's critical from my perspective that when thinking of putting together the elements of a successful strategy on the web, that the site and everything you do provides and screams credibility. And then, of course, many times no one knows about the site. So even though you put together uh, a site, uh, it may not attract anyone. So the other thing is what elements need to be looked into in order to attract the right, the right audience to come to you. And lastly, I would say the site itself is not attractive, not engaging. Uh, so again, what are some of the elements of creating uh, those kind of engaging concepts to attract people to you? And once you attract them to your site, how do you keep them there that they keep coming back for, for more? And those are the top mistakes. Um, yeah, and, and they're so elemental, uh, so ele elementary, rather. Uh, I'm glad that you discuss that with your clients before you lay out the vision or if you start to correct what they've uh, put in place. Uh, you've worked with a lot of people who've actually made, you know, seven figures. You know, what do their websites do or what do million-dollar producers do that other people don't? This is actually a topic that intrigues me immensely, so not only in helping uh, fortunately generate seven-figure revenues for my own business, but I've been fortunate to work with a lot of such successful clients. But I also have to admit that not all my clients generate seven figures, uh, but yet the key question that you're suggesting here is, what have I learned from working with, with very successful clients? What did they do differently from others? And I've recently believed that I decoded that success, and actually I wrote an article about that called Decoding Success, which is available on my website. Here are the top six elements that I believe my million-dollar producer client, producing clients are doing and are doing differently from the rest of the ones out there that are not reaching that kind of success. Number one, they create, build, and grow an amazing database of contact lists. So whether you call it a database, whether you call it a con contact list, just people that they can stay in touch with, both existing clients, uh, prospective clients, even previous clients that you can make them aware of what, what's new and what's, what, what is available. Um, I know you focus a lot on that, uh, but journalists, 
perhaps creating a strong database of journalists that you can, can be in touch with. So number one is strong database of people that you can be in touch with. Number two, the best leaders I work with create consistent content that is not just good content, it borders on remarkable, provocative, and just fabulously great content that attracts people to them. And they, when I refer to content, what I'm talking about here are things like articles, checklists, podcasts, videos, diagram charts, or we may call it process visuals, ebooks, booklets, books, and so on, CDs, today possibly MP3 uh, digital files that can be downloaded instead of shipping CDs, but I think you get my point here. Amazing content is my number two. Number three, they consistently and effectively reach out to their target audience. So kind of putting number one and two together, they effectively create this content and then systematically push that content and pull the audience to them in order to share, share this remarkable content with them. Number three, they're amazing marketeers. Some, some of my clients that are very successful, I actually refer to them as marketing machines. They're very good in consistently marketing their business. Number five, they have the utmost discipline to execute. They don't fail in their execution. So they take action and they systematically do so without any hiccups, without any gaps in their frequency. Uh, the discipline is just amazing. And the last one, they all have great self-esteem. They believe in their value. They believe in what they are here to do and how to help their clients. And they come across with tremendous self-discipline to put this whole thing together. Those are the elements of my most successful seven-figure producers and what they do differently from the rest. Well, that sounds like a pretty good list of actionable items that just about anyone could follow. Uh, it's nice to know there aren't any... Uh, amazing, high-priced, inaccessible kinds of services, or as some people call it, the, the next bright, shiny bubble that people are searching for. And uh, it's just plain old, consistent, create great content, build a big list, and uh, keep on marketing and keep on doing it. And uh, the wealth comes, the clients come. Uh, it, it really is as simple as that. So thanks for being so upfront about that. Uh, Chad, you mentioned remarkable content. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Where do the really great ideas come from, and what can we do with them? So again, not to sidetrack the, the, the answer, I, I have a, a complete article on my website that I think lists at least 20, most likely 40 ideas of where great ideas come from. Let me suggest the top three with you. Number one, the publication that you read and the books that you read in, for me, selfishly and personally, always provides me with amazing ideas. So whether it's the Wall Street Journal, which I read religiously and recommend for all my clients to read, Business Week and such, or great bloggers um, out there. Read their blogs, read such publication, read great books. Ideas will come to you without a doubt. Number two, our own clients. So for, for example, if I were to reverse the question for just a brief moment here, Dan, what, and ask you the following question. What have you seen when it comes to the Internet, the biggest challenge either your business or your client's business is facing today? If there's one key challenge that comes to, my, to your mind, what would that challenge be? Oh, just being consistent, just doing, doing the stuff that I know that works, and I just do it. <laughs> Beautiful. So, it's, so it's notice what, so notice what happened. <laughs> yeah. 
So notice, I just ask you a simple question of what is the challenge. I could probably ask you, can you think of the top three challenges? In all my speeches that I deliver publicly or in such um, events like right now in a teleconference, I always ask my own audience, what are the challenges you're facing? And I write them on a flip chart if it's a public speaking that I deliver or a situation like this. It is the answer of their top challenges that give me the idea of what to write about next. So here you're talking about consistency. Wouldn't it be great if I come up with a provocative title or even a negative trial title uh, to attract the attention of people? What are the top elements to make sure that you stay consistent in delivering the great value that you have? And you just gave me that idea of what to write about. Now, if I already have a similar article, I can take a spin off that article and run, write something different, or maybe even add and repurpose the same article uh, and even send it back to you then, if you're the one to bring it to my attention, or someone else to say, you just shared this challenge with me. Here, is, here are my thoughts about it. And lastly, great ideas come from us. Just by virtue of starting to write, starting to create great content that always propels itself to, to generate more exciting content. Those are the top three, among many others, but at least what I want to share with you is where, where those ideas come from. Sure. Uh, Chad, you mentioned that you have articles on your website, but uh, for, uh, for people who haven't uh, kept the intro materials that we sent out, uh, can you say what your website is? The address? Absolutely. Uh, so for many years, it is CB, as in Chad Barr Software. CBsoftware.com is my main website. My blog is Chad Barr, C-H-A-D-B-A-R-R.com. And right there on the top left of my website, you'll see e-newsletter articles archive, and you'll see a lot of them written by me and some of my team members that have written those articles. Uh, so that's number one. Of course, if you subscribe or send me an email, I'll be glad to send you the links and how to easily register and get more of such great value. And then lastly, uh, we have just started the exercise in the past year of rebranding our own company, and it's going to be the Chad Bar Group and the key focus of what we do today, which is web solutions, web strategies to help our clients. Okay, great. Uh, I know people like to multitask, and they might be going to your website looking for those articles and bookmarking them or printing them out so they can read them later so they can follow along with some of your advice. So, Chad, uh, the next question is, how do you leverage the web to dominate your niche expertise? Great question. My approach is oftentimes simple, and pragmatic. So I'm, give, I'm going to give you the top three ways how to leverage the web. And of course, it boils down to another, of course, article or chart or process visual I created. So imagine three circles that are interacting with each other. Call it a Venn chart. And those three circles have the intersection of each one with each other. The top left circle, I call it the wow factor. I'm a strong believer that your website needs to present you well professionally. And I, when visitors arrive to your website, I want the visitor to get the, feel, the feeling that this is the place of a world-class act. So I call it the wow effect. From a navigation design perspective, the site has to just be top-notch, world-class professional. Number two, and we already touched on it today, and I'm sure we'll talk about it some more, remarkable content in many flavors, and when I talk about flavors, I mean media formats, whether it's podcasts and videos and articles and process visual or charts and so on. So the content is the second, second segment. And last, strategy and tactic that you're going to execute. Now, I'm not suggesting that anything here is an order, because as I said earlier, strategy has to be first, but I'm suggesting that those three components have to be evaluated 
in order to create amazing success and leveraging the internet to dominate your niche expertise. Now, just think about that. If I have great design, great wow factor, great content on my website, but I don't have a powerful strategy and tactics, I call it the missing map. There's no map, there's no direction of where to go. If you have um, great content, great strategy and tactics, but you have poor wow, poor design, poor navigation, I call it the ugly book cover. It's almost like going to a bookstore, and the ones that most likely attract you at first glance are the ones with attractive covers. The same thing with the web. The first impression is critical, and typically and statistically, I believe the studies have shown that we have very few seconds, for sure less than 10, possibly five to seven seconds, to grab someone's attention on the web. And I'm not suggesting that the entry into your website is always the homepage, because if we're coming from things like, obviously, that you focus on, then whether it's PR leads that someone has mentioned you, or maybe press releases, the entry to your website could be an internal page inside the website. But I'm suggesting that if the visitor starts their visit or arrives to your homepage, that it has to be extremely effective extremely powerful. Um, if we have great design, great strategy and tactic, but poor content, it's a boring show. There's nothing there. Uh, and then lastly, if you have all those four components, that's, I believe, where success takes place. Great. Uh, how do you create instant credibility on the web? Here are the top five elements for especially my audience today, consultants, speakers, authors, coaches, service providers, and some organization. But for this audience to create the instant credibility, here are the five things they must do. Number one, on the website, have your clients list. Whether you want to put a logo or not is secondary, but have a list of your clients. The more the merrier. As a matter of fact, that is the one page that I would highly recommend that it scrolls down forever. Wouldn't it be great if I can show up to your website, look at your client list, and the page just keeps going on and on. It shows me an indication of your level of success. I realize for those of you starting, that it's somewhat challenging to create this impact, but there are obviously ways to do it. Number two, testimonials. And especially today, not only would I recommend for you to have powerful testimonials in written format, possibly audio format, but especially video formats is very, very powerful. I have quite a lot of them on my website. I just created, by the way, a YouTube channel for my new company, the Chad Bar Group, and we just loaded about 34, 35 video testimonials that we have recorded with our clients. And one of them that jumps at me, in 19 seconds, it is one of my most powerful testimonials given to my company by one of our clients. So it doesn't have to be lengthy. What I'm suggesting here, it could be very short, such as the one I'm mentioning here, that the client conveys the powerful impact. And by the way, for the testimonial to be effective, I would highly recommend that it focuses on the impact, the results that you have generated for your clients. So not something that says, Bob, you've been a great presenter and I love seeing you present. But wouldn't it be great if the testimonial says something like, I couldn't wait to get back to the office after your presentation and to take the three actions you suggested I take immediately. Or with your help, I've seen a 200% growth to my bottom line in the first three months, something like that. So the testimonial has to be effective, and to be, to be effective, it has to focus on results. Which brings me to the third item of creating credibility, list the typical results of, of how your clients benefit or that you are able to impact your clients. So in my situation, I help dramatically transform the success of my clients by increasing the revenue and increasing the profit. That's one typical result. Um, fourth, case studies. 
And by the way, for a testimonial to be believable and credible, it has to have the person's name, title, organization they work in. Otherwise, I can manufacture such testimonials by the millions. I may be exaggerating a bit, but I think you get my point. For a case study, if you can get the commitment or the approval from the client to use their name, great. But the case study oftentimes is anonymous because most clients do not like to share their challenges online. So number four is a case study, and the structure of a case study should be short to the point, three paragraphs. The first paragraph, what is the challenge the client was facing when you first met them? Number two, what is the intervention? How did you, what process did you go through in order to help them resolve that challenge? And number three, what is the result or the impact that you were able to generate and help your clients with? And the fifth item to create a credibility is, of course, your intellectual property, which boils down to the content we talked about before. Consistently provide powerful intellectual property, and that is sure to generate the credibility we're talking about. Great ideas. Very, very concisely put as well. You know, Chad, Thank I've you. heard you say that if you don't take your site seriously, why should others? Can you talk about this concept? Yeah, just quickly, because I mentioned some of it before, but again, great question. Um, if you're not walking the talk, if your site is not the place of a world-class act, it's going to turn off, most likely, the person who arrives there. So imagine for a second that someone su suggests um, you've got to check out Mary's website. She has done, oh, you've got to check out Mary. She has done an amazing job for us. I highly recommend her. And imagine that the person first goes to your website, being Mary, whoever I'm referring to here, and checks out Mary's website. And that site does not come across as professional, as world-class, as I suggested before. M my point here is that it's sure to turn off that visitor virtually immediately. So you have to take your site seriously first and then do the things we're talking about today to implement in order to create the kind of credibility and create the kind of attraction in order to bring clients to you or prospective clients to you. Good point. You know, Chad, you've created this concept of the Internet strategic profile. Can you tell us what that is? If you email me, uh, chad, C-H-A-D, at cbsoftware.com, I'll be glad to send you the, the, the chart or the process visual we we're talking about today, which I think a picture is worth a thousand words here. But imagine this, three columns. And by the way, I adapted that concept from my colleague, friend, and partner, Alan Weiss, that we have partnered on, on so many things here. I adapted the, the concept from him, at least the three columns, and I've changed the label. So imagine three columns, starting from the left-hand side. The first column is competitive. The middle column is distinct and the right column is breakthrough. On the left-hand side, if we're kind of thinking about an Excel spreadsheet here concept, on the left-hand side, here are the rows. So we identify the columns. First of all, in no particular order, a first row may be your content, your intellectual property. So if I look at that, for example, how would you rank yourself if you look at your own content today? Do you have hundreds of articles on your website, videos, podcasts, all showcasing the amazing wisdom and talent that you bring to the table? Or is your site not so loaded with such value, or possibly that value is non-existent? It's your own ranking here. And if so, would you rank yourself competitive, or perhaps not even competitive? Would you say that you're distinct, or maybe breakthrough? So obviously, the self-assessment for each one of us 
we can kind of grade ourselves or diagnose ourselves. The second one, the design navigation, the wow factor I talked about. When people arrive to your to your site, whether it's the homepage or interior pages, do they say, wow, this is the place of a world-class act? Or do they say, oh, that's so good? Or do they say, this is terrible, I'm out of here. Um, do you have a blog? If so, how would you rank your blog, you rate your blog? Do you have an online community that you possibly can attract or already attracting? And if so, how would you rank this community? Do you have a newsletter? Do you have podcasts? And if you have podcasts, are they also on iTunes? Do you have videos that are on YouTube and beyond YouTube? Do you have products, services? Are you involved with social networking, whether it's uh, Twitter or Facebook or Google Plus and so on, LinkedIn? Uh, do you have webinars and products overall on your website? As you look at all those rows, I suggest you rank yourself. The majority of people I talk to rank themselves somewhere from non-competitive to competitive at the most possibly distinct. My question to you, if you look at some of the top thought leaders in the world, where would you rank them? Wouldn't you agree with me that most of the thought leaders, whether it's people like Alan Weiss, Marshall Goldsmith, Marcus Buckingham, David Allen, Jeffrey Gittimer, and many like that, wouldn't you agree with me that when you look at those elements I just suggested, the ranking is somewhere between distinct to breakthrough? Now, granted, they may not have a community or one item here and there, but overall, the impact is that those top thought leaders are distinct to breakthrough. And the simple question for you when you look at these diagnostic tools, where are you in comparison to them? And the obvious here, what do you have to do in order to start moving to the right from competitive to distinct to breakthrough? And then my final suggestion here, gravity alone, if you don't do anything and you remain stagnant, gravity alone will move you to the left. So the takeaway here, I hope, for all of us, that we constantly have to keep moving to the right on all those elements. Um, in your new book uh, called Million Dollar Web Presence, you have this process visual chart called uh, the Internet Marketing Gravity. Uh, can you tell us what that is and how you use it to attract clients? The whole concept, again, came from Alan. In his original books, when you look at this marketing gravity, I think there are about 14 spokes to the marketing gravity. And what fit my business process is to look at many more elements, especially as, as they relate to technology and the web. So I actually took Alan's concept and he invented marketing gravity and I modified it for our book and some other things we were doing, a workshop we were conduct, conducting on uh, creating digital uh, content. So anyway, I modified it and took it from I think 14 spokes to about 40. Not to bore you right now with all of them, although I think they're critical to understand. In order to attract people to come to you, you have to engage in as many marketing elements, each one being a spoke. So I'm just going to name some of them quickly. For example, do you have a book of books that you have written, whether commercially published or self-published? Do you have a newsletter? Do you have case studies on your website? Do you have special reports? Do you have a website? <laughs> you know, I'm still surprised every once in a while, not too often, luckily, uh, I run into people that don't have a website. Um, do you have an online community? Do you have podcasts? Do you have videos? Are you involved in social media? Do you have an affiliate program? Are you using things like, I know that then I'm a firm believer in kind of the things that you're doing. Do you have, are you getting involved in PR leads and press releases to push uh, your content out there? But then the opposite is what's happening. You attract through gravity people to come to you. So rather than the responsibility on your shoulder to pick up the phone and start engaging in cold calling, which I'm not at all recommending, Marketing gravity, if done well, 
get people to come to you. The phones are ringing, emails are coming in, and people are attracted to you by virtue of engaging in those marketing spokes. Great, Chad. You know, I've been reading your book. Again, it's called Million Dollar Web Presence. It just came out about a week or so ago. Uh, and you spend a lot of time in that book talking about building communities uh, and why that's important to build your, your brand. Can you touch on that for, for a few minutes? I, I've been fortunate to suggest uh, the community called Alan's Form is an example here. And over the years, we created with Alan an amazing community of consultant coaches, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs all over the world. The thing is, that can be replicated if done right. It's not an easy thing to do. But my suggestion to you, the listener, what are the elements that you need to consider engaging in in order to not just attract people to you, but once you start to do business with them, keep them engaged with you, and possibly not only you communicate with them one-on-one, but allow your clients and your prospective clients to communicate with each other and, of course, with you. So, for example, if the community is, is, is done right, it gives a mechanism for you, first of all, to share your intellectual property with them, to allow community members to share intellectual property and ideas with each other. So it almost becomes, if done well, a repository of amazing intellectual property. But then when the community starts to become successful, not only it gives the community members a mechanism to ask you a question and get an answer, they can ask questions of each other and get answers from, from each other. And the process, the miracle that happens, the marvelous transformation, it strengthens your, strengthen your brand. and It becomes you more valuable to your clients by, by creating community around you. So there are many elements of, of how to engage in such community. But for example, for, for a starting point, why not create a private area on your website? Call it for clients only. And then only if I become a client of yours will I be given a password to log into and get much higher level of value in content from you that is not available to the public. Once you're able to do this step in creating this repository, why not start to allow communication between you and members of this community, primarily your clients, and why not allow them through technology to communicate with each other? So the last thing I'm going to pose here, give some thoughts. What is your current and future community like? How could you attract them to have deeper level of conversation among each other and with you, and then to share a great level of content in order to keep this community thriving and basically to create here the concept of clients for life. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we've been sp- talking for about half an hour now, and you've given us a lot of great ideas and a lot of great content and reinforced a lot of ideas that some of us have had and new ideas for, for other people, and that's, that's always great. But one thing I haven't heard you talk about is social media. Uh, what's your view on social media? <laughs> great question, Dan. Um, and by the way, it's a chapter dedicated in my book uh, that I just uh, released and co-authored with Alan Weiss, uh, called Mill and Our Web Presence. Very, very pleased with the book and how it's doing, and especially, of course, the content inside the book. Um, and one of the chapter in the book, chapters in the book, is all about social media. My, my philosophy is pretty straightforward. It's another vehicle. It's another marketing gravity spoke. It's not the holy grail, as some may suggest or refer to. With that in mind, the answer, should you use it or not, is it depends. If your target audience are primarily consumers, entrepreneurs, 
social media may be a great place to interact with them and find them and then to deliver this content to them, whether through Facebook, through LinkedIn, and some of the other platforms, Twitter and Google Plus that we mentioned before. Yet, if your target audience are corporation, the vice president, CEOs of the Nikes of the world, of the Google of the world, and so on, it is much tougher to leverage social media with them. Now, are there on social media? Some may be. I do not believe today that social media is the prime platform to engage top organizations. As a matter of fact, I recommend for my clients not to spend much time on social media. So with that in mind, um, social media is here to stay. There's just too much going on on social media today. I've, I've heard people say that social media allows you to amplify your voice. Well, the problem is it amplifies everyone's voice, so it just sounds like a terrible <laughs> noise-making machine. The thing is, how do you stand out in the crowd? Now. My suggestion is take a look at the chapter in my book that talks about social media and some of the key takeaways. And my final suggestion here, that you don't spend too much of your time on social media. Devote more of your time to the marketing gravity spokes we talked about earlier. Things like creating web webinars, creating uh, workshops, uh, writing a book, uh, posting great content, creating products and services, and then announce them, of course, through your blog and things like that, possibly through social media. People spend way too much on social media platforms rather than engage effectively in marketing gravity concepts. Well, that, that sort of says a uh, good perspective. Uh, so, you know, uh, let's talk about a little bit more about your business. Uh, I know that you've launched a new program called Digital Empire Creation. Can you tell us about it and how do we create our own digital empire? I'm not only passionate about this, uh, it's a great topic that I love to talk about. And that was whether it was almost serendipity that brought me there. Uh, but I've come to re realize that the majority of my clients, if not all, have tremendous wisdom in their heads. They're just amazing people. They have great knowledge, great content sitting inside their heads. All of the, most of them, or close to all of them, are struggling with how to take the content effectively, rapidly, and move it, manifest it in articles, products, services, offering through the website and beyond. What is happening through the Digital Empire Creation, it's a process by which I partner with my clients. I help craft the questions that will pull this great content out of each one of them. So I get together with them. Most of them, I already know the type of business, but if I don't, we have a conversation about the type of business. And then I craft, with their contribution, powerful questions in order to provoke the heck out of them and to pull out of their heads their amazing content. Typically, the process is that we get together on a Skype call or a call just like this one that we're doing right now in this teleseminar. I record the audio portion of the call. So a question to you may be something like, if you're in the digital empire creation, then what is the top challenge, as I asked you before, your clients are facing? And I'm just using that as an example. And then you will tell me the top challenge. And then I'm going to ask you, what are some of the th give me three ways of which, by which you're helping your clients resolve those challenges. And then what I would ask you, because then I give all those files that we record to my team. They create a podcast out of them charts of process visual, we transcribe them, so we, we create articles, and we just added to the digital empire creation the social media where we help our clients tweet uh, their content uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and so on, and we have just created uh, a video studio by which our clients are flying to see us, and we work with them for either a day or two 
to create amazing videos that I've done with quite a few of them over the years, uh, but now it's done in our studio to create this video. And basically, the essence of it, it rapidly, rapidly allows me to partner with my clients, provoke the heck out of them, and systematically pull out of their heads great content that becomes articles, podcasts, ebooks, booklets. In the future, of course, we are actually I'm working with some clients on writing their books right now uh, and amazing videos and such that are then populated on the web, on their website and beyond their website on other platforms in order to push the content out there through what I just mentioned, including the creation of products um, to provide this value through products to their clients as well. That is the essence, basically, of the digital empire creation. Wow, it sounds like a, a great resource for people. Uh, they, they can check it out on your website, I guess. Um, Chad, uh, let's talk about uh, podcasts and videos. You know, Why are they important, and how can you use them to reach new audiences? Different people consume content differently. So even personally, and probably the same with you, Dan, sometimes I like to read articles. Sometimes I like to listen to them on my iPhone or iPad. And sometimes I like to watch the video. So if I'm about to, to drive somewhere in my car, um, why not load several podcasts to my iPhone and then listen to them on the way in the car or on the plane ride? Um, so with that in mind, because people consume content differently, my first suggestion is that you create a variety of content in order to fill the need out there. It also creates choices for people to choose from and then to, to, to properly leverage it on the website, on different platforms. So what I mean by that, if you're creating podcasts, which are short audio recording typically, although podcasts could be a video, but let's, for the sake of this discussion, refer to podcasts as audio recording. Not only do those short, and I, I recommend that most of them are typically short, three, say three, five minutes, and you release them on a weekly basis or several times a week or monthly basis, whatever the frequency that makes sense to you. It is quite easy today to record podcasts, uh, either through software like GarageBand on, on the Mac or Audacity on a PC, although Audacity is also available on the Mac. But you can find a simple product like that or even a digital recorder that you can record into and then upload it as, as a file by that is typically an MP3 file. And then you can load it to your website, to your blog, and have your webmaster interface that the blog and the podcast to iTunes. So then, not only do, do we have that content available on your website, but we push the content beyond your website to places like iTunes. Over the years, people don't realize iTunes has become one of the largest repositories of amazing content. So just go to iTunes today. It's not anymore just a place to download music and purchase music and movies, but it has become one of the largest repositories of amazing audios and videos so you can go today to iTunes, search on the topic of leadership or press releases, and you probably will be amazed with how much content is available. Why not make sure that your content is available there as well? I am a firm believer that videos and podcasts are the way to go to complement and add to the amazing content that you could be creating if you're not creating already. Okay, very good. You know, Chad, uh, what is the accelerant curve? And what is its significance on generating revenues and dramatically growing our business? I've been fortunate to be part of Alan Weiss's Million Dollar Club, which we meet <laughs> excitingly once a year in exotic places. So nine of us typically or ten of us get together 
and brainstorm for three days and come up with amazing ideas to help our businesses and especially to help our clients' businesses. So the concept itself was developed actually by the Milan Dark Club, and then Ellen just took it to a much higher level by adding a lot of more sophistication. So if you look at the accelerant curve, the concept is to start developing product services along a curve, let's say from left to right, anywhere from free uh, offering to your clients, so articles and podcasts and videos all offer for free. Then you start moving um, with products and services that are smaller fees, higher fees, and then very high fees. So as you move to the right and you're developing those products, booklets can be sold on your website for $7. You can then have books sold for $15, $20, $30. You may have a half a day webinar that you may sell for $60, maybe a workshop that you conduct for $700 or $3,000 or whatever, maybe a private coaching for $5,000, a speaking engagement for $75. And as you keep moving to the right, towards the right are your highest level of offering with the highest value to your clients, which of course are the highest uh, dollars that clients would pay in order to engage you. And all the way there on the right could be perhaps um, an event that takes place three, four times a year um, at a great resort where people get together and brainstorm. And then you also share with them great intellectual property. Um, and you may charge $25,000 to do so. Uh, a consulting engagement could be 75000 As you take a look at your own accelerant curve, my suggestion is, is there some continuity from left to right to the offering, both products and services that you offer to your clients? Are there gaps there? So perhaps you may have a whole bunch of free articles. You may have a consulting offering on the right-hand side, but you have nothing in between. The call to action here as you look at your own accelerant curve is to make sure that it's, it's filled with effective products and services that are of great value to your clients that can engage you from every aspect of the accelerant curve. The stronger your brand, the more likely that people will engage you at a higher level of your offering, and then not only start you there, but also have the opportunity to purchase from you and engage you in other offerings along your accelerant curve. And the last thing I would say, you've got to do it systematically and consistently. So evaluate your accelerant curve, and over time you want to make sure that you constantly add to it more and new exciting products and services that will benefit your clients. Uh, great. Uh, you know, Chad, uh, I was just looking on Amazon, and your book is doing really well. Uh, you just released your new book that you uh, co-wrote with uh, Alan Weiss. Uh, it's called A Million Dollar Presence, Leverage the Web to Build Your Brand and Transform Your Business. Can you share with us the journey of this book and its essence? A funny story. Several years back, I even approached him on writing a book together, <laughs> and his response was, why in the world would I want to do that? And then when the opportunity came shortly thereafter, it made a great sense for us because we were doing such great work together between creating communities and leveraging web and technology to showcase his expertise and then to show his clients, whether it's consulting, consultants, speakers, authors, how we are leveraging the web for Ellen, and therefore what can they learn from it in order to leverage the websites on their own. When we start to build all this amazing wisdom of what are the secrets, what does it take uh, to do this, we, I approached him, I said, if we were to put all those thoughts together with your marketing brilliancy, Alan, and my internet brilliancy, we could put together an amazing content that's going to be of great help. 
And then finally he said, let's do it. So we partner on writing the book together. Um, I call it the five month of hell for me. Uh, and, and then humorously, I, I now say, because Ellen, I believe, uh, <laughs> Uh, before publishing our book, I think he already published 45 books. This is my first book. So between Ellen and I, we have published 46 books. <laughs> so, but with that in mind, um, the journey of doing it was just amazing of what it takes to write a book. And one of the reasons I want to partner with him on that is because he has written 45 books before, and I figure he really knows what it takes to write a book together and how to market it. And from that aspect, the learning for me has just been amazing. It was hard work. I highly recommend it. And the fact that I'm, of course, going to write my book number two soon, and then, of course, book number three. Um, but the learning experience is not that one has to make the commitment to write the book and leverage it is one of the key marketing gravity spoke, spokes in order to grow their business. Uh, but it's a way for us to showcase our expertise, create the ultimate credibility in our buyer's mind in order to have them engage us in our future products and services and our way to help them. So that is kind of, in a nutshell, what the journey has been in order to get there. I'm very excited about that. And uh, one of my goals right now is to get the books into the hands of as many buyers as possible, uh, and not just through Amazon for people to purchase it, which thank you for mentioning that. So, of course, for those of you listening, uh, not only could you order it on Amazon, but I'm going to make a great offer to your database. Anyone who has come through the Dan Jan Janelle uh, system who, who is going to send me an email that you have listened to this podcast uh, and you're part of the Janel community, um, I will charge you shipping only $7 and you can have my book. So send me an email uh, with, uh, and I'll, I'll then send you how to just process the credit card on my website and then um, we'll just charge you $7 for the shipping. The book is on me. Oh, great. That's a very kind offer. I wasn't expecting that. That's very nice of you. Uh, Chad, in your book, you talk about creating a sticky web presence. Can you elaborate on this? The goal is not just to attract people to come to our website. It's to keep them there and to keep having them come for more. The key element to do so are some of the concepts we talked about earlier today, but there's nothing that's going to be more influential on your target audience to keep coming to your website than remarkable content. So I'm sure many of us and many of you have heard content rules, or content is the king. I tweak that slightly. Remarkable, provocative content is the king. So don't, don't just put any content out there. Really push the heck out of yourself to, to do what it, it takes to constantly, consistently create this amazing content that will attract people and, of course, announce it, as, as we said before, what are the elements of the seven-figure producers and so on. Um, effectively engage your buyers in sharing that with them through newsletter, through PR leads, through press releases and things like that, uh, through your blog posts and so on. Um, but the key, if you think about it, you've got to make your site sticky, which means when people come to it, you want to make sure, and by no means of gimmicks here, by means of communicating powerful content that attracts them to say, this is great stuff, I need to come back as often as I need to, or subscribe to your RSS feed so I automatically get the announcement, but you want to keep this connection with your buyers all the time in order to be sure that they are in touch with you and keep coming back for more content in the future. Chad, what's the doppelganger effect? 
Uh, if you look on Wikipedia, um, it, it's actually from a German derivation, and it's doubling yourself as a person. So it's almost creating a clone effect of you as a person. And the reason we came up with this concept for the book, if you think about your website, your website is a virtual representation, a cloning effect of you 24-7, many times over. So it's not just multiplying you by two. It's multiplying you unlimited, exponentially, if you create the right content. So for example, if you get the same question over and over from your clients, why not create an effective video of videos series of videos that answer how to address that. So look at your website, other platforms that you're putting your content out there as a cloning effect that allows you to virtually represent yourself so you could be on the beach, you could be just enjoying yourself on vacation while the website is doing its hard job to represent you well and to push this content to your audience and among your communities. And by the way, one of the things we talked about earlier is the concept of putting together the elements of effectively building a community. There's nothing more powerful that your own community created that will create this cloning effect. Uh, well, let's get to the million-dollar question here because we have about five minutes left. Uh, Chad, uh, the main question that people want to know is, you know, how do you monetize your website? You know, what are your thoughts? Three elements here. Constantly create powerful products and services, strengthen your brand by putting great articles, great thoughts about you, brand yourself around it. So the more you strengthen your brand over time, the more you create products and services and effectively push those uh, to your audience, the more your revenues will increase. So if, just think about it for a second. If you come across, uh, you come across a website it only has one product to sell. How likely are you to, to just buy the product? Well, if the credibility is there, and we talked about what it takes to create the kind of credibility, and someone highly recommends it, granted, you may purchase that. But what I found out, that the sites that have tremendous amount of options, such as, of course, what we've done for Ellen and many of our clients, if you come to a website that has 20, 30, 40 books to purchase, workshops, webinars, the option available for you are sure to increase the possibility and the odds that people will buy, will, will purchase from them. So the three elements, as I mentioned here, is to constantly engage in strengthening your brand, constantly engage in creating new offering of products and services, repurpose them, so bring them to life all the time, and then your revenues will start to increase significantly by doing it effectively. Okay. In the little time we have left, Chad, you know, how do we create our million-dollar blueprint to success? On the community we created that I mentioned earlier, Ellen's Farm, which is one of the best community I've ever created, uh, there was just a topic that was posted on the past, in the past 24, 48 hours, actually referring to one of the pages in the book. And we put together almost like the blueprint of what it takes to create the kind of success. So the obvious is, if you, talk, if, if you look at what I said earlier, the concept of decoding success, you really have to focus on building your database, creating great content, reaching out by pulling and pushing the content to your clients, becoming really good at marketing, having the utmost discipline to do so consistently, and increasing and improving your self-discipline. And here's an action step of how to do this. 
and what you need to do consistently. Write two to three chapters in a book of your book. Create and post 10 to 12 position papers on your website. Call at a moderate pace to follow up with 30 past clients and or warm, warm leads. Send out a dozen press releases, which I know is the focus of your services then. Uh, engage in a full-day self-development workshop. Create three speeches or complete multi-day workshop. Create a new product to be sold on your website, and then move to product number two and product number three. Create and, developing, and develop a marketing plan for teleconferences. Create and record three podcasts and post them on your website and on iTunes. Create and tape videos, post them on your website and YouTube, and other platforms as well as I hinted earlier. Contact, contact 30 prior clients with testimonials, referrals, and references. Attend two networking events. Create and distribute two newsletters. Respond to 50 or more reporters' inquiries on PR leads. Complete at least half of, half of a professional book proposal for an agent. Seek out two high potential pro bono opportunities. And the last one, contact and follow up with five trade associations for speaking opportunities. Do this, and you have yourself a blueprint to create amazing success, what I call the million-dollar blueprint. Okay, Chad, uh, two last questions. Uh, first of all, how can people reach you? And second, what, what, is there a legacy that you'd like to leave behind? Well, the, the first one is the easy one. <laughs> uh, so the easiest way to contact us uh, is either via phone, email, or the website. So I mentioned before, chadbar.com is my blog. And the website is cbsoftwaresystem.com, cb as in chadbar, software.com, soon to be chadbar group or dchadbargroup.com. Phone number, I'll give you 216-991-2277, extension 112 is my office number. And my private line is 440-394-8004. And the best email to reach me is chad, C-H-A-D, at cbsoftware.com or chadbar, C-H-A-D-B-A-R-R, at macmac.com. And two years ago, actually, at um, one of the gathering of the Million Dollar Club in St. Lucia, one of the members actually looked at me and said, I figured out your purpose here on Earth. And at first, I was kind of taken back. Oh, my God, what about to come out? Better be good. <laughs> uh, and it was very, very good. He said, you know, I, you're great in being able to provoke your clients and us with great questions and frame the issues in order to have us think in a way that allows us to pull our knowledge out of our heads and therefore manifest it in many offerings such as we mentioned earlier, whether it's articles or checklists or charts, diagrams, audios and videos and such, booklets. He said, what I suggest for you to do is partner with your clients on pulling this amazing content out of their heads in order to improve their clients and in order to improve the world. So it was quite, quite a profound statement that he made. It took me almost two years to realize that basically this is one of, if not the mission, is to improve where we are, whether it's our clients or hopefully even bigger than that, the world, but being able to partner with my clients and pull out of their heads this great content they have in order to share it with the entire world. And the vehicle I do it is simply leveraging technology and leveraging the web in order to do so. And that is the legacy I hope to leave behind. 
that I improve this place by virtue of the amazing wisdom that is inside my clients' heads. Greg, well, thank you very much, Chad. That's an inspiring way to end this very fact-filled and information-packed session. This is Dan Janelle from PR Leads, uh, thanking you for spending time with us today. If you have any questions for Chad, please go to his website, or if you have questions for me, just send a note to dan at prleads.com. Be happy to help you in any way we can. Thank you. Have a great day. Goodbye.